I'm assuming those two babies not going to be walking anywhere. No? It's always nice to see the, uh, as we have newborn babies, and you're nice to see the fathers just holding on to the babies and, and, and f- trying to feed them and loving on them. It's, it's such a, for me, it's just such a, one, it's such a great picture of, of our father, how he loves us, and he's caring for us, and he's, he's, that's a tenderness. And that goes against some of the stereotypes that you see about being tough and strong and, and uh, unemotional. So um, anyway, I had nothing to do with the sermon, but I just thought I'd share that. So uh, good morning. Good morning again. I, I know people, some people are still coming back from dropping out of the kids, but I just, I just feel why don't we get started because if we pause for a couple minutes, it seems a little bit awkward to bring people back and uh, we want to ride out this incredible wave of worship and just keep on going, just experiencing more of the presence of God. We are continuing with our series, foundational series this morning. Uh, the topic for this morning, as Vanessa mentioned earlier, is on worship. Uh, As a reminder, we are going through this to help all of us have a better understanding or a good grasp of the foundational topics we are to know as followers of Jesus Christ. Some of us may know all of these topics, but it's good and right for all of us to know all of the topics. And that's why we're going through this, so that we can all understand what the Bible has to say about these these topics, Uh, foundational topics. We have gone through... Uh, topics such as the Bible, uh, God as the Father, the local church, you know, baptism, salvation, praying and fasting, prophecy, evangelism. Uh, we'll, as I said earlier, we'll talk about worship this morning. And next week, our last topic in the foundational series will be on finance and giving. And it's uh, appropriately, appropriately time with the holidays coming up since we're going to be spending a lot of money, Right. So at least we can have an understanding of what, what God has to say about finance and giving. And uh, Gavin and Megan will be sharing on that topic next Sunday. So come and, and hear from them. He's very excited, as you can see. He's super excited. That's his way of being excited. Uh, I want to encourage everyone to, um, normally I don't want to say this, but because uh, the importance of the foundational topics, I want to encourage you, if you miss a Sunday on any of these topics, I want to encourage you to listen to them on the website so we can all have a good understanding of the foundation that we are to stand upon and to help us as a body and individually to grow and to mature and walk more into the things that God has has for us and be able to understand and explain and talk to people when we share about God in terms of why we do baptism, what is it about salvation, and, and why do we believe in the spiritual gifts, and what are they, and who is, our, who is God, who is our Father as Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Knowing these foundational topics which God has established for us will help us to better explain to people and tell people why we do what we do, why we live the way that we live, and why we parent the way that we parent. Um, Okay, so worship. I want to give you guys a little warning. You may or may not know this. I love worship. So I can actually go on and talk about worship for hours on end. We can probably talk until they push us out, uh, and then next Sunday and the Sunday after. But I would try to keep it to just 30 minutes and just mainly share about the, the basic stuff on worship. I love the other topics also. They, and, and I want to say this to pre-qualify by saying this. They are just as important to know. But the topic 
for worship is especially near and dear to me, to my heart. Because when I worship, I feel that I can hear more easily from God. When I worship, I feel that I can, ha I have an incredible bond of oneness with him. I, I can easily come into his presence when I worship. For me, how I can um, draw strength from him when I worship. Uh, I can draw on an increasing knowledge of who he is, on, of his love and his goodness when I worship. And how I can have a, every single time when I worship, I have an increased revelation of who he is and who God is. Because we will never, ever be able to know who God is. We just know more and more and more. So anyway, so you know, that's what it is for me for worship. For some of you, it may be reading scriptures. It may be about the word. It may be with prayer time uh, at the church gatherings for connect groups or corporate prayer time. Uh, or when you are sharing God to other people, that's when you feel you're coming closer and getting to know more of who he is for some of you. I want to let you know that as, uh, so that you will understand that if I get too passionate on this topic, that's where I'm coming from. So what is worship? What is worship? The definition for worship is the feeling or expression of reverence or and adoration for God in terms of bowing down to God or prostrate ourselves before God. You know, the, again, the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for God. So some refer to worship as praise, and praise means the expression of approval or admiration for God. So together, praise or worship means the expression of reverence, adoration, and admiration for God. So the first time that the term worship was used was in the Bible in Genesis 22, verse 5, when Abraham told his servant when he was going to take Isaac up to go and sacrifice Isaac, that he told him that, stay here. My son and I, we're going to go off to worship. That's the first time the term worship was used. You can see this when they used the word worship, there was no music available, no musical instruments, no speakers, no backup vocals. No leaders, so to speak. So as time went on throughout scriptures, people began to add musical instruments as a sign to show an even greater expression of reverence, adoration, and admiration for God. We see that in Psalm 150. You can see about praising God with all the different instruments, but it ended with, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I think it's in the next one, right? Yeah, so let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So we praise God with the instrument, but the most important thing is let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We have to praise God with our instruments, but also to praise him with everything that has breath. That includes all of us, not just the worship team. And, and again, before I say this, I do feel that we are saying this from a place of strength because I think for us as a church in general, we do catch the heart of worship. And I think, and I feel that, and I believe, and I know this, that we know worship and we understand worship. So I want to say that, and I meant to say that earlier because this is where it's coming from. And I think it's a place of strength for us. One of the places of strength for us. So anyway, the worship team, so, we, you know, as from Psalm 150, it's about using the instrument to praise God, but the main thing is let everything that has breath praise the Lord, right? That includes us. So the worship team is to enhance the expression of reverence, 
adoration and admiration for God. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again. So the worship team is to enhance. So what is enhanced? Enhanced is to intensify. It's to uh, increase or to further improve the quality or the extent of our expression. So if we're not actually worshiping, then the worship team will not be able to enhance anything. The worship team is to enhance our expression. So if we are not worshiping, they are not able to enhance anything that we're, we're, what are we trying to do, right? So the worship team is only there to enhance. That is intensify, increase, or improve the quality, the extent of our worship. That's why we are to worship. Because if we're not worshiping, they are not, there's nothing to enhance for us as we gather together. So, so I say all that to say worship starts with us. Each of us. Each of us are to express our reverence, our admiration, and our adoration for God. They are there only to help us to enhance that expression. The worship team is not, it is not our expression of worship. Each of the worship team members is, is worshiping themselves. They are expressing their own reverence for God through the instruments and through the singing. They are enhancing what they are expressing. So they can only enhance restoration. They can only enhance our expression of worship if we, all of us, are entering into worship ourselves. So that is worship, expression of reverence, adoration, and, and admiration for God. And the worship team is only here to enhance that. So for us, and again, I say this from a place of strength, is we are doing this. We want the team is only here to enhance our worship. We worship God because of who God is. And who is God? Why do we worship him? Right? What uh, I do want to advise and recommend or encourage, whatever term that I can use up here, for everyone to go and read Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. Colossians 1, 15 to 20. These verses in Colossians speak to the supremacy of Christ. Read these verses so you can each of us can fully know and understand who Jesus is, the supremacy of Jesus as our God and our Savior. For this morning, I want to share with you from, just from John 1, not just, from John 1, verse 1 to 5, on who is this God that we worship. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the word is Jesus. Jesus is God. Together with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He was there in the beginning. He was there before there was anything, before the Big Bang. Before the medium bang, before the small bang, before any kind of bang, Jesus was there. God was there. All things have been created or will be created were because of him. Without him, nothing. Nothing that has ever been made can possibly be made, right? Nothing that has life can ever be possibly be a living organism without him. Without him, nothing that has light, everything that we can see, can ever possibly be seen without Jesus. Even, and, and, in the darkness of space, in the darkest cave, in the deepest despair, 
in the deepest pit and the place of despair can ever possibly cover up the light and life that is Jesus. The King James Version, and that's what I put in the parentheses right there. The King James Version actually gives uh, somewhat of a better description, or at least to help us understand it better when it said, um, the darkness has not understood it. What that is, is it's trying to say that the darkness, this means the people who don't have Jesus, who don't have relationship with Jesus. These people will not understand how someone in the deepest despair, in the most dire situations, going through the worst atrocity or the deepest hurt or betrayal, how that someone can, because the light of Jesus can still overcome whatever it is that they are facing. It is because without Jesus, people can never possibly understand, understand how the love of God can still shine bright and not be overcome by the darkness of their circumstances or their situations because there's life, there's light. That's who we worship. That's the God that we worship. We don't worship a human God like, oh, so many names. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, who else? Tom Brady, Derek Jeter, Barack Obama, Warren Buffett, Bill Johnson, any, anyone else? Any names? John Piper, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr., any other great, incredible people. But that's not who we worship. We worship a mighty God. We don't worship a make-believe God who changes according to our mood or our emotion or what we're going through. We worship a God who is always constant. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The one that is always constant that we can trust in, that we can rely on, no matter what the situation is, no matter how tough things appear to be, we know that he will always be the same. We worship a God that is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of all things and the ending of all things, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. We know that from Revelation. So when we have an understanding of who is this God that we worship, what he has done for us, we will want to come into a place of expressing our reverence for him, expressing our admiration for him, expressing our uh, adoration for him. That's how incredible God is. You know, in order to help us, at least it helped me when I was reading through Revelation, I give a glimpse of the vision of the God that we worship. It's from Revelation 1, when John wrote this. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. John, he was a New Testament believer just like you and I, believing in Jesus as God. But when John got a glimpse of Jesus in all his glory, he fell at God's feet as though dead. Imagine that. Imagine that. And as for us, we're worshiping and we're entering into his presence. We're getting a glimpse of him. And just the expression of the feeling of if we see him and experience him, that would be so awesome. Amen. That we would fall at his feet as though dead because of how incredible he is. That feeling, you can experience, you can see, uh, you can sense John's feeling of reverence. 
this feeling of admiration of who is this God that he's, he was worshiping and he was seeing. The feeling of adoration was so overwhelming. He felt as though dead. When we have an understanding and appreciation, appreciation of who is this God that we worship, we will want to acknowledge him. We will want to declare he is God with or without the worship team. With or without the music, with or without the singers, with or without the keys, the acoustic, the bass, the drums, and what have you. That is who we worship. That's the God that we worship. How do we enter into worship? How do we enter into worship? It's from John, John chapter 4. Uh, I know I've used these verses before. I said, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The term worship right here, the original Greek term is called proskunio. It literally means come forward to kiss. That's what it means. So when Jesus said this, it's the incredible intimacy. Isn't that incredible? God wants us to come forward with a kiss. Come forward so he can kiss us. This is the God that who we just talked about. The almighty God, the beginning and the end. The beginning of all things, the ending of all things, the alpha and the omega that made all things. It's because of him, all things have existed. He wants us to come forward so he can give us a kiss. He wants us to come forward so he can intimately tell us how much we mean to him. He wants to tell us intimately how much he loves us. This incredible God is not just a friend that we know. Incredible God that made all things and created all things, and through him, all things were made. He wants us to come to him so he can tell us intimately, not just yelling out and shouting out, telling us intimately. That's what happens when we enter into worship with God. That's what we are to expect when we enter into worship with God, when we express when we understand who he is and when we express our reverence, express our adoration for him, express our adoration for him. So when we do that, we can expect intimacy with the God that created all things. When we do that together, all of us as a body, united in our worship, united in our singing, united in our hearts, united in our expression of adoration, reverence, and admiration, we all will get to experience God together to hear from him, to be comforted by him, to be strengthened by him. To be, our, our knowledge will be increased of who he is. Our revelation of who he is will be increased. Together, we will know why God has called restoration into existence. Why God has placed us here and what he has planned for this church and for each of us. This is why we start our corporate Sunday service meeting with worship. So, it, get, so it, is, it is so that it can get us together as one, a united body, into a place of intimacy with our living God. That's why we worship. That's, and also that's why sometimes, just like earlier um, during worship time, Vanessa paused a little bit. That's why sometimes we pause during worship to take in more of what God, God has for us, to experience more of the intimacy that he wants to share with us. Because we want to understand it and emphasize more of what God is doing for us and what he's speaking to us. 
So why do we worship? There's so many things on why we worship. But I'm just going to, because of time, as much as I know you guys want to sit here for hours on end, I'm just going to list a few things. In addition to experiencing the intimacy with God, we worship because it is a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual battle. We need to know that and understand that and accept it. Our battle in Ephesians 6, our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against me and another person. It is a spiritual battle. That's who we're battling. So that's why we worship, so we can fight against the spiritual forces. When we're worshiping, we're focusing on God, focusing on God. We're filling our minds and our hearts with God of who he is. We're making him the focus. When we're making him the focus of our meetings, making him the focus of our lives, James 4, 7 said, when we do that, the devil will flee. So that means we are fighting the spiritual battle and we are winning the spiritual battle when we focus on God. The spiritual battle, some of the things that we don't know, sometimes when we say spiritual battle, we don't know what that is, but it's, it's divisiveness, it's depression, anxiety, anger, condemnation, unforgiveness, doubt. Those are the things that when we worship God, we will fight against those things and we will be uplifted. As we lift up Jesus, he, we, we will be lifted up with him. And we will have rest and peace and we will be strengthened in him also. When we worship, it teaches us to be thankful. Thankful for all that we have. Instead of thinking about the things that we can't possibly have or we would like to have, it teaches us to be thankful for so much that we have. Salvation. That is the bestest gift of all, ever. Family, relationship, health. Be able to live in this place for this season. All the things that we can feel um, sorry for and anger for or wishing that we could have done this and that, but when we focus on God, we will be thankful for all the important things that God has given us. Just salvation in itself is eternal life. Eternal life. There's nothing better than that. And it's teaching us to take our focus and also as we worship. Worshiping, teaching us, help us to take our focus off ourselves and praising God. And to acknowledge that he is God. So when we look at the eternal perspective, eternal perspective, as I often encourage all of us to do so, we will be able to look beyond our struggles, look beyond our obstacles and realize the long term, the vision, the goal, the inheritance that God has given us. Look forward to the future, to the generations, generations to come. Many generations. Also, worship brings, it brings unity, which leads to a corporate anointing. Colossians 3.16 said, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, richly as you teach among us one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So as we sing to God together, His revelation will come. Somehow, I don't know how, but as we sing together with him, we will get to know. We, when I mean we, every one of us, even for those who are just visiting, they will sense it and they will realize, oh, there is something more here that will help all of us to understand more of who God is when we come together. Also from Psalm 133, 
how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. That's God's just telling us. He's pleased. He's, he feels good and he's glad when we come together and be united. And John 17, 22 is 23. I love this chapter. If you guys ever have time and you want to spend time studying John 17, the only time that Jesus prayed out loud that was recorded. It's incredible if you ever study John 17. John 17 was 22 and 23 said, I have, given, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. When we come together, we will get a taste of the unity that existed between Jesus and the Father. And we will get included into that unity of us and the Father, the ultimate trinity, the ultimate unity, the perfection of unity. We will get to experience that. Uh, some of the things to help us in terms of acts of worship. You know, there are many examples throughout the Bible regarding physical acts of worship. Uh, sometimes, I, I, I think sometimes people feel uncomfortable in terms of worshiping or doing something besides just standing. But I want to encourage you guys. There's so many examples in here. In terms of declaring and praising His goodness during worship, there's so many verses in here. There's, there's shouting. You can see psalm. There's clapping. You can see dancing. You can see examples of lifting and stretching out our hands. You can see examples of lifting our head, kneeling, and standing. These are all biblical examples of, of how to worship. It has nothing to do with the actual physical acts of being not holy or being too exuberant. As long as it is coming from a place of sincerity. A place of sincere, sincere expression of reverence admiration, and adoration for God. Don't try to contain what we want to express in our heart because of religious restrictions, of fear of what people may think. Focus on the one whom we're expressing our love to. Don't worry about someone else next to us because as you can see, all these examples are in the Bible, in scriptures, in terms of how we are to worship. Matt Redmond wrote a song that really captures the heart of worship. If you ever heard of Matt Redmond, I think I had this on here. When he sings it, sometimes we kind of miss what he's trying to say. But listen to this. I will bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have desired. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you are looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. For it's all about you, Jesus. That is worship. That is the heart of worship. That is what worship is meant to be. That is the expression of reverence, admiration, and adoration for God. That is what worship is. It's more than a song. Um, I'm, I'm ending. I'm, gonna, I'm ending this. So as I promised, I'm going to try to keep this within 30 minutes. But I have some practical handles that I want to share with us to help all of us with worship. Again, expression of reverence, 
adoration and admiration for God. What does it look like? I love sports, and I think all you guys know that. I see a lot of guys when they're at the football games, they go pretty crazy. But when it comes to worship time, it's like, well, you know, we don't express things. Go to the football games. Go to the soccer games. Go to any concert. You will see people really expressing their feelings and their attitude. It's the same thing. It's encourage us. Don't let just because we're at church and expressing and, and loving God cause us to act differently. Be who we are and let that flow out from within. Uh, another helpful hint is it just we have kids. We know this. We understand what it is like. Those with kids, bring something to help them be occupied and talk to them beforehand about what worship is about. Talk about the expectation of worship and why we worship and, and share with them. That's why we know this. Share with them why we're worshiping. And this, we're speaking from experience because you see our kids are older now, but when they were really young, when we just had um, Joel, even with three little kids, Vanessa was on the worship team. I was leading the meeting, but we had to really find a way to express and share with them. So we're speaking from experience. It's not easy. They, they constantly distract us, but if we constantly reinforce it, bring something for them and remind them of why we worship and why I want to worship to help them understand this is a time for you to do something or just spend time in worship. And actually, um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it's just when something like this happened, I love it. And I just try so hard not to say anything. Jolie stood up and he said, Dad, I want to sing. I said, like, oh. like, okay, you sing. He's like, he actually said, I want to play the drum. I was like, no, you can't yet. You didn't go to practice. He's like, but I want to sing. It's like, okay, you sing with me. See, that is the reward of that, what we get to see when we bring them along and we worship and they just catch it. We don't tell them, hey, you got to stand up and sing. We don't want to make them do anything, but they catch it. And when they catch it, it's so good. You can see the goodness, goodness of who God is in how they worship. And they just, I even told them, oh, we got something to read or to draw for you. It's like, I just want to sing. I want everyone to experience that, to see that's when we talk about the inheritance, about the generation that catching what worship is. They understand the expression of adorations, reverence for God, and admiration for God. Um, next thing is we, we cannot expect the worship team to bring us into a place of intimacy with God. They are there to enhance our expression of reverence. It needs to come from our own intimacy with God. It needs to come from our own private worship time because if we are not worshiping God at home in our private time, it's difficult to bring it forth on a Sunday. So that's why they are just here, they are just here as great as they are, only to enhance our worship. They are not here to take over our worship. They are not the representation of our worship, just to help us. Enhance it, make it greater. So I want to encourage you guys, come and be ready to worship because they are not worshiping for us. They are just to help enhance the worship team. Uh, the next thing is um, what Vanessa also did during the worship time, and I know you guys seen this, like we do this sometimes. Is there's power in us declaring and proclaiming God during the time of worship. There will be times when there's, there's no actual singing, but there's just music in the background. 
like I was saying earlier, how we, we kind of pause a little bit to experience more of what God has. Use that time to declare who he is. Declare how great he is, that he is the almighty God, that he rules and he reigns over us. Just declare things, simple things like be exalted. Be exalted, God. We want to give thanks to you. We love you. Be exalted over our lives. Be a rule and reign over our lives. Things like that. So when we proclaim God, his presence will come more and we will step more into who he is. Have a greater understanding of who he is. Experience more of the things that he has for us. I want to encourage you guys in that also. Don't worry about who's sitting next to us because it's about us and God. And when we understand it's about us individually and God, each of us understanding that, then there will be a corporate understanding of all of us together expressing our reverence for who God is. I want to end by saying I want to remind us again of the God that we worship. Always, always be reminded of why we worship. We just don't worship this hero who achieved incredible things through scriptures or through uh, a person who, who, who taught so well about scripture like Martin Luther or even Martin Luther King Jr. or the other things that he has done and who knows what. But we are here to worship God. In this case regarding worship, we want to be true worshipers. We want to be the people or the church that can easily enter into worship through a biblical understanding of who God is and the revelation of who he is so we can come to him, come forward for a kiss. Come forward so then God can intimately tell us of who we are and what we mean to him. What we mean to him, not what people are saying that we mean to him. Want to hear from God himself what we mean to him and who God is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the name above all names, Lord. That you are worthy of all of our praise. We love you and we worship you, Lord. We're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for who you are, God. That we will honor you and glorify you. Here, today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and always. That we know that you are a one unchanging, constant God. The God that wants to tell us how pleased we are. He, you are to, with us. How much you love us. Thank you for reminding us that you and you alone want to tell us of how much we mean to you, God. I just pray the name of Jesus right now, of the things that people have spoken over people, about who we are and what we are, who speak against those things. And only, only hear from you and your voice and your love and your pleasure. We love you and we worship you. We pray to all these names in your name. All these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, everyone.